Welcome to the Healthy Business Matters Podcast, where business owners, HR professionals, and insurance brokers can unlock the hidden potential within each employee by leveraging concierge healthcare. In each episode, your hosts unpack navigating solutions like theirs to drive better employee engagement, productivity, and more importantly, overall quality of life. So grab your morning coffee, start your commute, and welcome your hosts, Nathan Barr and Dr. Andrew White. Welcome to the Healthy Business Matters Podcast. I'm Nathan Barr. Andrew White. And uh, today, picking up on the heels of our last conversation a little bit, but talking about some geographic price variations in healthcare. And because of some of these price variations, some consumer behavior related to price variations, and also how some of that conversation surrounding uh, network consolidation, hospital consolidations has driven uh, some of this to occur. And so, um, you know, we've you know, what we're you know, the piece of information we're pulling from uh, with this episode, kind of in that hot topics conversation related to some of these things. We are uh, we'll provide in the links following the podcast. And there's a pretty striking map that if you look at it. You're you're like, what is this? And you see a lot of colors: red, oranges, grays, and um, there is a huge amount of price variation depending on where you live with healthcare. It's it's striking, and I don't think people realize how big it is. Yeah, it's a in this topic, you know, right before we open the episode, uh, Cassidy, our uh, superwoman behind the camera, she uh, was joking that there's a few times when we've been recording that she's like, "Man, that was crazy! I had no idea." And so there's a term that is not very well known, actually, in the United States, called medical tourism. And it kind of gets into the idea of people that realize the price variations that exist and that they can get the same procedure done for dramatically less money. Yes. And it's kind of crazy. So I have some fun stories that I'll get into around medical tourism. But yeah, this it's a frustrating topic because, again, this kind of goes back to in the last episode, we had just scratched the surface on... Uh, the healthcare costing can get inflated through, again, what are called Medicare minimums and how the different offices, big healthcare systems can inflate fees. There's no law against inflating the cost of a CPT code. And that can be very frustrating, especially when you start to look into your EOB and then if you understood what the bare minimum cost was, then how much you got charged for it. It can feel a bit frustrating. Now, in fairness, again, for just devil's advocate here, in the last episode, we talked about in that Harvard study that the whole concept of consolidation in healthcare is that it's going to provide better care for less money yeah. and or better access to. And now that can lead to if, let's say, I needed to get a hip replacement done, mm-hmm. a large medical system would say, well, we have the best doctors. So if you, you know, your hip replacement here costs, like if you were to bring your EOB and say, wait a minute, uh, I got charged $3,000, but I looked into this price variation map on this article and saw that it should have only cost me $1,200. Yeah. They could claim, well, we have better doctors. Higher quality, thus better, higher quality should equal to them, ability to charge more. Yes, which is which is ridiculous when you think about it. And 
And in, in truly, they said marg it's marginally better quality. It's yes. not like leaps and bounds better quality. Yes. Now, if I'm going to go somewhere and get my heart replaced, a heart transplant, yes, there are certain places <laughs> I'm going to go. But you mean I can't yeah, do that for you? Then? Yeah, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I, I learned cardiology. Other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then if you're talking about, I mean, they're in with where medical advancement is nowadays, you know, robotics and you talk about certain, um, you know, orthotics and things that are being used in these procedures, you don't need the cutting edge, you know, Harvard Cornell trained physician. You need, what you really need is, is somebody who's competent, has good quality data behind them that has, you know, a good facility to work for, mm -hmm. clean operating rooms, but they're all working with the same deck of cards. Yeah, and I think that's the, you know, again, I could understand to a degree that if I went to a large university's hospital and they can claim, well, we have, you know, some of the best professors and the leading researchers in this field that are, that were involved in this procedure so we can charge more for their expertise. To some degree, I can understand that. However, what can be frustrating is, again, when you get your EOB, if you see, well, why was this Advil three times more expensive than the Medicare minimum? Why was this piece of material so much more expensive? It can start, that's where when you start to dig into it, it doesn't make sense. And also my frustration with a lot of the issues in price variation is the lack of transparency. I just, I can't stress that enough that it is crazy to me that if I take my child to the pediatrician mm -hmm. and I ask, well, how much will it cost to get this lab done? Or how much will it cost to do this? It's there's very difficult to get any information. And again, as a provider, I can understand that if, you know, in that example, the pediatrician might say, well, I don't know, my, my job is to just do what's best for your child. But again, I think it, there should be more transparency when it comes to fees in, in the healthcare system. Yes. And when you start to look into some of the data and you start to see that in smaller town, really the biggest, if again, we'll include the link to the article and the map that's associated with it. When you look at it, you'll very quickly see that the higher urban areas or the areas where there are more people and generally, it's more expensive because usually in those areas, you're going to likely have more consolidated healthcare, yeah. And so you're going to end up having more expensive things happening in rural areas. There's not going to be large hospital systems. You're talking more independent, probably, yeah. uh, systems. And so because of that, it's probably going to be a bit cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And those, uh, the transparency tools, I think, really, that we're seeing come onto the market right now, Um you talk about the ingesting of that payer data, the ability to translate it and then to put an average cost um, and, and quality, I think, to that extent, too. I mean, that it is hard, the quality factor, because they're using, you know, certain star ratings, usually for Medicare. And is a physician being burdened by a, a really complex caseload, so their quality is lower, but their skill is higher? Um, happens a lot. And so this is where having direct clinical context or a medical advocate that can actually help you navigate and steer uh, within that plan design is so is, is so uh, necessary. Um, but I do think this is something that I do see a trend in the industry where tools are coming out at a rapid pace, especially with AI and where some of these algorithms are being unleashed on healthcare data and spending right now. Um, I think this is one of the core areas that we're going to see a lot of disruption in, in the insurance space and industry. And really, 
um, if if hospitals and healthcare systems are aware of this, they're aware of it. They got to be, but are they going to do anything about it? Um, I think some of them stand to be uh, penalized significantly uh, based on some of the stuff that's coming out. Yeah, what's interesting, you know, there's a book that uh, Nate and I were talking about before we started called Never Pay the First Bill, which if you haven't read that book, I would highly encourage you to read it, regardless of whether you're listening to this and you're an HR professional, a business owner, uh, a broker. If you haven't read the book, I would encourage you to because it's pretty eye-opening and it gives some very logical steps to take in your own health to get better informed on how to understand the EOBs that you receive and what's negotiable. And the thing, again, going back to the point you just made, Nate, uh, as far as systems that could get into a bit of trouble, uh, I, I'll give a real world example. I think that'll be helpful. Um, my wife uh, and I have three children pray for us. They're uh, under five. And uh, if you ever watch this and I have dark circles, I it's probably because my one-year-old, actually my two and a half-year-old, I go, I don't need alarms. He's 6 a.m. yelling dad. So um, anyways, when she was pregnant with our third, uh, she needed some blood work done. And we went through the lab that we refer to by ROB. And when I opened the, the EOB, it was about $680. Yeah. I was a bit confused uh, because, unfortunately for the lab, I work in concierge health and uh, work alongside brokers. And I had a feeling, without even really digging, that that was more expensive than the Medicare minimum. Yeah. And I uh, reached out to a friend of mine at Health Bar and asked, how much would this be at a lab? And I found, well, it was actually supposed to that would be about $180. That begs the question, why in the world would we be charged $680 when $500 more for the same procedure? And in the book, Never Pay the First Bill, the author talks about how if you were to take a system to small claims court uh, over if you refuse to pay a bill, uh, they wouldn't negotiate it down, that they would likely have a very hard time justifying over two times the Medicare minimum. So again, in this case, they would have a very difficult time justifying a bill over $360 because how could they, again, maybe they have the best phlebotomist, maybe they have the best lab techs, uh, and a piece of equipment. Yes. Just purchased. Yes. Yeah. Like they, they could yeah. claim maybe in their hospital system that they had the best of the best of the best, but is it $500 better? Yeah. And I called and frustrated multiple, uh, people in the, uh, in that hospital, uh, pay or the, uh, Countess receivable <laughs> department and got hung up, uh, hung up a few times. But finally, I got to a manager and I just kept asking one very simple, well, simple but not easy to answer question, which is, can you please help me understand why you were charging, why you're charging me four times the Medicare minimum? Just help me understand why it's, how you can justify that it's $500 more, that it should be $500 more expensive. And they couldn't. And lo and behold, they ended up telling me, well, 
if you pay today, then you can pay three hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> yep. uh, because they knew that if I took them to small claims court, that they couldn't do it, and it'd be a waste of their time and legislative yeah. or uh, uh, legal yeah. money. Yeah. And so they quickly settled on the phone with me. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, it, it can be very frustrating but empowering when you start to understand some of the economics, and that's why we wanted to bring it up because it's important for not just you as the business owner or HR professional, but also for your people. That again, when you're looking at your benefits and you hear your people complaining about the lack of transparency, we get it. Again, there are things that you can do uh, with your benefits to make it easier or more transparent for yourself and your employees. But even if you are still fully insured and uh, you're having a hard time pulling that data, there are techniques that you can educate yourself on and also your employees to, again, navigate this system a little bit easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this this information is is awareness-style information. So you're an employer in one of these counties referenced, and your rates are 100 200%, whatever normal rates are. Um, you're like, yeah, what the heck do I do now? And, and that is, it's a matter of finding good transparency tools, educating yourself, aligning yourself with resources that can advocate for you, right? We're medical professionals, but not... A lot of people are and medical professionals still don't understand. You talked to how many people at that hospital and they were like, I don't know. Um, I had no idea when I was in the hospital system either. That's how they trained us. They said, we know nothing about costs. We know nothing about these things. You just do the work, right? Um, which I, I think is, is good, uh, but, but it doesn't help address this. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's not, you know, like I don't have any options as an employer um, or a consumer of healthcare in these spaces. It's how do I, inform myself and educate myself reading, you know, books, uh, like that and, and finding tools that can give me information so I can start negotiating as a, as a consumer for, for healthcare services. And so I think that's where we start, right? We mm-hmm. got to start somewhere. This is, I think where we start as individuals and as businesses and organizations. I do think that, um, personal opinion, I do think legislation is going to continue to drive, uh, efforts related to this. I'm, Usually not a huge fan of politics and legislation getting involved in, in things like this. Um, you know, let the free market kind of run its course, uh, let things happen. But uh, this seems like one of those runaway trains when you look at some of this data that there's got to be some form of intervention. And I think that's where a lot of people are pointing fingers and saying, hospitals, we don't do something here soon. You're consolidating, you're driving prices up, you're doing these things, regulations come. And, yeah. and it's going to come and it's kind of come already. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So no, I think there's there's definitely good good things happening in the industry to help address this this issue and uh, a lot of products and services being oriented to businesses, uh, insurance agents and uh, more data than ever. Yeah. And so we've got to harness it. Yeah. So I wanted to as we're wrapping up here, again a couple of takeaways that I hope are inspiring. Again, that book that I referenced again was never pay the first bill. It is a phenomenal book if you haven't read it. Uh, it's a great gift. Uh, we're not we're past holidays, but uh, maybe maybe a birthday uh, if you want to. Again, tell someone you know help them sleep. And honestly, it is a it's a is a good book and something to read. Also, again, if you're someone like if you're listening to this and you're wondering how to uh, what what are steps I can take. Again, I would encourage you if you're a business owner, HR professional, talk to your broker. Uh, learn more about. We're in a time of year that if you had one one renewal, it can be a great time to start to investigate other solutions, other vendors uh, that help you to get better transparency for your people when it comes to costs or different strategies to control costs and deliver better care. Uh, Also, if you're 
Uh, if you like to travel, honestly, it can be a fun rabbit hole to go down medical tourism. And I told Cassidy that I would uh, give her a good, uh, or our superwoman behind the camera, that I would give her uh, something that would likely get her jaw to drop. So uh, there's a, I have a friend, uh, I have a lot of friends that are in uh, kind of the business world now as I've transitioned further and further away from the clinical practice that I was in. And I've met a lot of people that have done tourism uh, for medical services. Yeah. And you may want be wondering, like, what does that look like? Well, uh, there are, for instance, let's say you needed a root canal and crown done. If you ever needed any medical or dental uh, procedures done in the United States, you know that it can be very expensive. And often, even if you have dental insurance, there's usually a maximum per year benefit that can quickly get capped when you need something like that done. Well, it might uh, intrigue you to know that there are dental practices that are set up in beautiful places of the world and places in Central America, places in Europe and Asia that are literally set up for expats, meaning people that are American that are looking for a place to get care done. In fact, when you get onto their websites, you'll often see links to when, if you were to Google uh, like uh, root canal crowns in, uh, in a given country that you want to visit, you might find that a website pops up where there are literally a whole page dedicated to someone just like you. And in there, you'll find that the cost for, like I had a friend who got a root canal and crown done uh, over in Europe, and uh, it was about a fifth of the cost of, that it would have cost him to get it done in the United States. And so he was able to book a flight to Europe, stay for a week in a hotel, pay for, and get his treatment done for the same cost that it would have cost him to get it done down the road. And again, that might not always suit you. Maybe you don't want to make a vacation out of it, but it just, I want to plant the seed that if you enjoy travel and you're willing to get creative, you can make some really cool experiences out of something that you need to get done. Uh, it doesn't always work, but when it does, it can be a really cool use, or I would argue a better use of the same amount of money. Um, and it can be pretty cool. So again, if you want to dive down the rabbit hole, I encourage you, maybe I'll, I'll add a link to uh, an article that uh, around medical tourism, just to wet yeah. your whistle a little bit. I think we should have a whole episode on options that you can, you can travel to and go start a little travel agency related to medical tourism. Oh man, but, don't, don't tempt me. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I, it's an intriguing topic, tons of stories related to that as well. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a better time than ever to investigate different options and try something new. Cool. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Business Matters podcast. Uh, again, it helps a ton if you like, subscribe, share, or follow our podcast. Uh, and again, uh, whether you consume the, uh, this podcast on video or wherever you find your audio podcast, again, it can really help us out. And again, if you have ideas for topics you'd love to hear us talk about, please comment, reach out to us on um, our website, healthbusinessmatters.com. We would love to hear from you as far as what you would uh, find value from. And also, again, if you didn't know of any guests that you think would add a lot of value to our conversations, please let us know. Again, uh, we look forward to seeing you next week as we talk a bit about concierge healthcare and whether it's just a temporary fad or here to stay, Nate. Here to stay. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> All right. Well, again, we hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast and hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.